instead of being voice for the voiceless sometimes we just need to amplify the voices that are not being heard instead of standing up for people we need to stand with them beside them behind them hello everyone a very warm welcome to the series of soul awakening stories of women who have rediscovered themselves and became a queen of rediscovery hi my name is narinda kaur i'm a women empowerment coach and founder of the women power unleashed i'm on a mission to help 100000 women to live life of dignity self respect honor and healthy self esteem today we have a guest all the way from colorado us marsha wegum hi narinda why are you today Marcia. thank you so much for having me amazing thank you so much marsha for coming on the show yes and uh, let me just give a brief about her marsha is born and brought up in uh, jamaica after that she shifted to colorado us and she is an inspirational consultant coach and advocate yes she's the ceo of rise and live abundantly and our voice for the voiceless her vision is seeing women discovering their inborn potential and pursuing their desires her mission is to inspire yearly 10000 women with love hope and simply resources simple resources globally to rise and stand after adversities like domestic violence divorce single parent immigration racial issues and uh, the diagnosis uh, and uh, so much more actually so i yes. welcome you martha on the platform of the women power unleashed thank, thank you so, so much for having me i'm very um elated to be here and to uh you know representing all the other women in the world <laughs> around the world globally so narina thank you for that introduction but you see that introduction it wasn't always like that right about 13 years ago i um decided that i wanted to leave jamaica to go to the not I wasn't sure where it was going to be but I wanted to leave Jamaica to go somewhere else for um a better life I thought uh I was you know I had three kids back home then and I was going through so many struggles you know I was in a relationship and um it wasn't one of those honest relationships you know I found out that you know he had a, a, another woman expecting at the same time I was expecting she she had the, she had a boy and I had the girl three days apart and you know i started to look and said you know i need i need more than this um but what i didn't know is that what i was looking for it was all inside of me and so you know eventually an opportunity came to go to the states um for for a job and i took it because i was definitely in search of that um you know different life a better life that i thought but then you know i got to the state and um going on another relationship that didn't work out a lot of you know violence you know beating and all kind of things uh took place so it it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't easy right um so i found myself um one day after you know was pregnant to my my husband's baby my ex-husband then um child uh you know beating up and beating i was afraid to talk about it because he would tell me that nobody would listen to me the police wouldn't listen to me and 
because I leave Jamaica with a with a with a with a vision, with a plan, with a why, I thought, you know what, I'm gonna sit quiet because you know I don't want to go back, you know, you know, throw away my permit and go back. Um, I did not I did not achieve my my dream. So I, I sit there and I bear it. But one day I went to the doctor's office. I was like about four months pregnant. And the doctor asked me, what's going on? How are you today? How's baby doing? And I wept. I just physically tell her everything because I wasn't telling anybody what was going on. And then she connected me with um, organizations that deal with women who um, were, were experiencing domestic violence and so on. Well, you see, even though, so I get connected like that and we have a plan set up and everything, you know, and they're supporting me um, mentally and so on. But you see, when a, when a woman is in a, in a, in a situation like, like I was, it's hard for you to come to grips that this is what's happening in her, in her life. So I was that person who, even though we, I have, you know, an escape plan and all this set up, I was always thinking, you know, it's going to get better one day. It's going to get better one day. And I would forgive him, you know, we move, he move out. And I would say, okay, come back. And, you know, for the sake of her child and all that, thinking that I wanted my son to, you know, first to go, to go together. Right. But then I started to think it, what, nothing was changing. He would say, okay, I'm so sorry. And, and then go right back. So um, I started to think, but wait, I don't want to see. I don't want my son to see all of this going on because then probably he's going to start to do the same thing uh, when he when he grows up, right? So, long and short of this story is, so on this one particular day, I was at I was at work, and I knew that I knew that I knew that something was going on at home, but I couldn't I couldn't put my hands on it, so I um. At the time I was working in a nursing home, so I decided that I'm gonna go home because something must have been wrong. I mean, my my our baby was at the babysitter, and so I know my baby was safe. But then I, I thought, you know what, I need to go home right now. There's a knowing that I know that I know deep down inside of me that something is going on. And I felt like I know I have an idea that he was cheating, but I couldn't I couldn't put my hands on it, you know, I couldn't put my eyes on it. So that particular day, I went up to my nurse's station, my nurse, a charge nurse, and I was about to tell her that I have to go home. You know, I have a huge lie all put together why I need to get out of work today. So I went up to the nurse's station to say to her, um, my babysitter calls me, you know, and I have to go home right now. So when I went up to the station, I couldn't speak. But I have it all planned up, I couldn't speak. So I was like, you know, what's going on? So I walk back to the bathroom and I feel like I want to, you know, to throw up or something, but nothing came up. So I was like, huh, this is weird. So I got back again with, with you know, stronger lie this time to get out of work so I can go home. Because it was like about in the lunch hour. So when I walk up to the station, um, I still, I heard this voice deep down in my knowing, you know? You know, when a woman really trusts her gut, you're normally right, right? So I heard this in my knowing. It says to me, um, Marsha, I did not show you anything for you to go and get yourself in any trouble. And what? I was like, man. So I walk away from the station. I did, you know, I didn't do anything about it. And it was the longest day ever. 
it was the longest day ever because you know we have to put we have to pick, take the patients up in the morning at six and we put them back down you know have lunch and put them back down at six before and then i get to leave so you know i leave work and i go pick my, my baby up and when i went home as i opened the door and i and i you know you know all the evidence and things greet me you know weird body order lunch trash for two in the kitchen and I'm a person who I, you know, I leave my kitchen and my trash, everything clean. When I go through the door, the trash goes back go with me. So um, I opened the door and then there, there was the body order. There was the evidence that someone was here, right? Um, we got to the, you know, I got to my bedroom and there it was, you know, all the, my bed was undone and all that. So I said, I was very hard working. So I know exactly that the moment when I felt that something was off, I now realize that here is my evidence. I don't need nothing more. But one of the things that I did, because I didn't, I know I didn't trust him the morning before I leave for work. So weird. But the morning before I leave for work, I have this um, little Panasonic recorder. So I said, you know what? I'm going to put this recorder in it. Because I just know, let him know, let him know that something is not right and he's not being truthful. But when I put that recorder that morning, I, I didn't hear, um, it didn't have any batteries. I didn't realize it, it uses batteries. So um, I I was disappointed. So, and then that was the very day that he, he brought her, my ex-husband brought his, his woman um, in, the, in the house. So the next day I put, you know, even I bought batteries and I said, okay, I'm going to do this again. I'm going to set it again, just in case. You know, because probably, you know, I'm and I'm going into that denial state again. And I was like, well, probably was like, okay, all the evidences are there. Why else you want, Marsha? <laughs> but, you know, I'm like, okay, probably is not so, probably, you know, but even though, so I set that recorder again, go to work next day, come back from work evening. So I take my recorder and I started to listen the day's procedure night, making dinner for baby. And my baby at the time was, um, he was seven months old. Um. Uh, so I was listening through the recording and so on. I'm trying to say, okay, well, I'm going to hear something today. Probably bring her again today. But I didn't hear that. I overheard my ex-husband and his mother this time on the recording. And she was saying, let's, he said, you know, she called him by his name and, and so on. She said, let's, um, I know her voice. I know her. She said, son, let's pray for Marsha to die. Let's pray for Marsha, children to get sick. And let's pray for Marsha, dreams and aspiration, because everybody knows my dreams and aspiration. Let's um, let's pray for them to all be, be destroyed. And Narenda, I didn't, I didn't stop to hear anything else. I don't know if he responded. I don't know anything else. But I throw that recorder across the room. I leave my bedroom. We, we, we live in an um, apartment at the, t at the time. And I throw it across the room and I leap from the top of the stairs to the bottom of the stairs without touching any one of them in between. <laughs> Adults really did it. But I throw it across the room, leap down the stairs and I fell and I get on up. I, didn't, I don't feel anything. There's no damage or anything. And I, and I, and I rise up and I said, nobody can kill, not God. I said, first of all, God does not hear ugly prayers, right? I believe in God. I'm a Christian. And 
from I was like 16 years old, I got saved and I've seen awesome, awesome things from him, right? Even the day when I was at work and that knowing, I mean, I wasn't on a cell phone. I wasn't listening to anything. It was a natural knowing. And I could have gone over that house to, you know, and he said to me, I did not show you this for you to go get yourself in any trouble. Oh my goodness. So when I, when I, when I, when I leap and I fell and I rise up and I started to tell myself, um, nobody can let me, God doesn't hear wicked, wicked prayer. Nobody else can kill me. Nobody else can destroy my dreams and vision. The only person can do that is me because I wasn't eating. I wasn't drinking. I wasn't, I was like seven. My, my baby was seven. My son or son was seven months at the time. I, I was not producing breast milk for him. I mean, <laughs> my breast was so fly. It was like a sandal, <laughs> right? I could spin my clothes around me. I wasn't eating. I was just worrying. I have food in the fridge. I have everything. And when I picked myself up and I went run to my kitchen and I and I made the biggest Jamaican meal I can ever think of. It was like um, curry chicken or some one of those um, <laughs> um, protein. I make vegetable. I make carrot juice. I set my table. It's like, you know, I, I presented so well to myself as if I'm giving it to somebody, right? And I sit in my kitchen. I take my vitamins out. I mean, I wasn't doing this. The only thing I do in my kitchen is make um, break, you know, dinner for baby. And I sit there and I eat and I and I and I and I eat and I eat and I tell myself, nobody can, nobody can make me sick. God doesn't hear ugly prayer. This is the, oh, I reject that. I'm gonna live my life to the full. I'm gonna go save. My, I'm saving myself. I'm getting out of here. I'm going to. Go get other women empowered. I'm gonna do this for them. I'm gonna rise up. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go after everything that's in me. And I, I, that was like the biggest meal. And that was, that was the the day that I decided that I'm getting out. I'm 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 rising up my potential. I'm going back in deep inside of me, and I'm gonna pull that out because I know I have it. And that's where my my entire life. Um, Turn around. That's when I, I decided to get her out of that relationship. I mean, I had everything planned already and set up. I have an ex escape plan. I have the old safe house thing set up, and I um, called my advocate, and I said, "I'm ready now. Now I'm ready. I'm ready to go pursue my purpose. I'm ready to go um, live for not only for me but for my kids and for other women." And I get on out of there, right? And the minute I decided that, everything opens up. All even my neighbor next door, um, she saw me and she's like, "You guys leaving? You guys just came here." It's like about two or three months. I said to her, "No more beating inside of this house." She's like, "Oh my god, do you need any help?" <laughs> and she came over and she helped me move on out of there. And that's the biggest turnaround for Marsha. And that's why today, um, that's why I started. Um, on the you know on the, on the journey, and that's why I started rise up and live abundantly. What does that mean to be, to rise up and live abundantly? You know we fall down sometimes. I remember when I fell, when I leaped down that staircase, and nothing in between. But I know I trip. I I I, I fell, and I I decided to stand up. You know when a woman rises up, you know she has to come from a place of decision. Right, true decision, and it's not something that somebody can tell you. You know, those advocates couldn't tell me enough to get her out. I mean, the police would come over when he called the police, and um, you know, there was, you know, he would have policemen take me to the side, and they, they said, 
you know, you guys, you guys are two awesome people. You're two, you're just smart people. I must tell you that, guys, that. But Marsha, this is not working out. And if we didn't know the situation, we would have arrested you many times when he called to say you did this or you did that. Correct. So when, I, when a woman decided to rise up, when I decided to rise up, it came from a place of, I decided that, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I mean, I have everything in, <laughs> I have everything in me, right? So it's come from that place and that place is so powerful, right? Until this day, I've never looked back, right? So when, so rising up means so much to me. And what do you mean by rise up and live abundantly? Rise up and live to the full. What is the full? Our full potential. But where's that? It's very deep inside of us. You know, that knowing that you knowing that you know that you can do it, right? I mean, you're, you're, you're a mama. So when a woman says, it's time to go to the hospital because I'm in, I'm in labor right now. I feel the difference in my body. Everybody else has to fall in line with her, <laughs> right? Because when you know that you know that you know that you're ready, you decide it's so powerful, right? And that's where um, that's where it come from. And that's where I have decided that I need to show up for these, not for myself, for my kids, um, but for other women, other women who um, men has, you know, beaten upon because we have believed the lies, right? We feel let we feel less than worthy. Yeah. I'm here to say you are worthy. <laughs> Why mean that you're worthy, Marsha? Oh, you know, my parents said this to me. Yes, mine's too. You know, I grew up hearing you're the black sheep. And I thought there was a black sheep. I thought sheep were black. So I was like, oh, well, okay. But then I started to learn that there's, I've never seen a black sheep. <laughs> I've never seen one, right? And I believe and I buy into those lies. I sell myself short. I know I had a voice, right? I know it was powerful. I I'm very straightforward, but then I allow those things that other people said to me to become my reality. But that day when I when I leap and I rise, I decided that I'm going to pursue every drop, you know? So rise and live abundantly is very dear to me because it's all about helping a woman to get up from that place. Of course, it's going to take, I mean, I can't tell you enough. To say, get up, Narina, you're going to just listen. It does, it's not that easy. But when I share my story, when I share where I've been, right, I my whole thing is not to say, jump, rise, leap off the stairs like me. I'm saying I'm going to share all of me and some, and that's going to inspire you, right? The action that I want women to take and what women are taking are, it got to be inspired actions. Because when you take those inspired actions, it's so powerful. It comes from deep in you knowing that you know you know. But then when a woman rises up, okay, then what next? You might say, you know, okay, that's where it stops. No, it doesn't stop there. Other things in life sometimes are, are in the way. Like for me, uh, two years ago, my husband, so let's backtrack a little bit. So get out of that, I divorced. And I decided that I didn't want anyone else. I didn't want to go in a relationship with a man again because no, here I am. No, I have two sets of kid, kid children at the time. Um, I think I felt like I can't do it, but I know I can. But I said, okay, I'm just eradicating men. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna live and serve and um, take care of my kids. But then one day I found myself saying, okay, 
I said, okay, I don't know where the conversation begins, right? But I said, okay, then God, okay, okay. I was, I know, and I was showing attitude too, talking to myself. I said, okay, then God, if you're going to do this again, the next person you're going to send, he has to have these four set, four things. And if he can show me these four things, I'm going to know you're with me, right? And I said, yes, to love his, his mom. He has to love, he has to love God. He has to love himself. He has to love his mom. He has to love my kids. No, no, I am coming to this poor guy, whoever it's going to be, with four kids. And then after that, I think he'll love me. And it didn't take, it wasn't long after that. It must be about, you know, probably two, three months after that. Or before I met um, my present husband, Christopher. Okay. And we, I was like, wait a minute. And I was, I did not want any relationship. He'll tell you, I didn't want anything. You know, I wasn't looking for any relationship, nothing like that. But then one day I would, I would get so worried when, you know, you'd be inviting me to go for exercise and all that. And, you know, I share with him what was going on in my life. And he would tell me, Marsha, you deserve better. You're an awesome woman. You're beautiful. You have, awesome, you have awesome kids. And I couldn't even believe that, right? I wasn't at the place at that time. Um, so he started to, um, you know, tell me eventually, you know, that he likes me and so on. I don't get worried. I would really get worried. And I would go home and I would wept on my pillow. But in one day I heard in my spirit, it says, why don't you look among the things? I mean, just like that. Why don't you look among the things that you asked me for, that you're looking for? Look among those things if you see them in him. I was like, what? Is that the way to do it? And then I started to look and I started to observe, you know, what he was saying to me. You know, he said he got saved a month ago. He said, you know, he has a great relationship with his parents. Um, he, you know, at the time I have my my son, you know, seven months old, uh, eight months old at the time, then, you know, he started just to tell me, you know, you're an awesome child and all these things. I started to look, you know, and then I realized that, huh, he was saying the same thing, you know, probably, you know, six months passed, a year passed, he was saying the same thing. And I was seeing that consistency with, you know, with his parents and he loved the Lord and he, you know, and so on. And then there it goes. Now we're married for um, going on seven years now of marriage and close to 10 years of togetherness because it took me a while <laughs> before, maybe a year or two before I even say yes to him. So now today we have an awesome relationship. He loves the kids. It never changes. Does it mean that it's always easy? No. It's not. It's never it's always not. easy. But what, what I keep focus on, and then that's what we have to do, we have to keep, we have to set those um, those vision and those expectations and based on what? Our value systems, right? What do we value? Because if that person is going to come into your life and he's, he doesn't value what you value, then we're going to have a misfit, right? Yeah, it. <laughs> and the, the value the value thing doesn't, it doesn't mean, you know, okay, you have to be rich. Yes, have this big house on the hill. That would be great too. But what is the core? What is that core thing? What is that? What is my non-negotiable? My non-negotiable is where I came from. And I didn't know it over the years now. Um, as we're growing and, and we're serving more and so on, I started to realize that these are core aspects of life. These are basically all that matter. And it's like, Marsha, what are you saying? That what you know, your core value is mine? Not necessarily no, but they are fundamental 
stuff that sometimes we run away from. And what's that? Is what what are your what are your belief? What is your foundation? What is your belief system? What what do you believe? Right? Who, who, where, where do you come from? You know, what, what is your foundation? Can we all come from a foundation or a place? Right? We didn't just, you know, nobody creates us. Well, who is the creator? What is that? What is that? Pete? What's that anchor? Where, where do we run to when we like want to cry out? Who do we cry out to? Right? So to come from that foundational place. And then the next thing we think about is uh, people, you know, love. It's those are those are core importance, right? I call them my core my core four, right? God, whatever probably you perceive him to be, right? That's where you're gonna run to when you when the going get tough, right? I I believe in love, loving self. I mean if I didn't love me and I'm learning to love me, I'm still learning. I'm still learning to accept that Marsha is you know of these sets of uniqueness above her. There's no other else, Marsha, <laughs> right? There's no other else, you. So I have to get to that place where I embrace, embrace that about me. So that's so so. It's, it's your foundational, your 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 creator. It's love. It's people. People might say I can't stand people. No, it's people. Love thy neighbor as thyself. It's so. It looks so simple, but it's critical, right? Very true. Um, and then children, if there's, it, it doesn't matter if we have any, we have, we have some or we have them not. Children mm -hmm. is, is key because if, you know, from, for, for the, for what I believe is that, you know, the, the word of God says that to love, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, with all thy soul. It said, love their neighbor. See, that's people as yourself, right? And it said, suffer the little children to come into me. So mm -hmm. children. Children can teach us so much, Correct. right? And if I can love myself, and then love yourself. If I can love myself, if I can love my creator, I can love myself, I cannot love my neighbors. So you see, it gets so, when, so over, the, over the years, when he showed me these things, and I thought this was my grand idea. But as I get older and the years go by, I realize that, um, Marsha, this is all that's necessary. This is all that matters, right? Love me, love your neighbors, love yourself, love children. What are their, yours or not? And I was like, wait, so does it mean that money and all this stuff never matter? It really doesn't. So when it's owned on our core force, so here we are, here we are saying to women, rise up from where you're at. Here, here Marsha saying, get up from, um, I was able to, you know, leap, you know, fell, stand up, but then, he, what, what keep you standing in, Marsha? My core, my core stuff. So no matter what's going on, I have to always go right back down to that place. I have to love. I have to love God. I have to love um, people. I have to love my neighbor. Who's my neighbor? The person's right near next to me. Correct. Right, you're my neighbor right now, Andarinda. Right. So it's 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 very it's very it's very unique and then here we go now and see and tell me if this is not even more relevant so mm -hmm. if there's a word like that more relevant so two years ago now so you and my husband and i you know we think you know life is going to be great life is great you know our kids from jamaica came up we you know we do all that filing and stuff we bring them over and our family um, um my husband and i uh, have one daughter at the time um so our family, we think our family is complete. 
Then here we go, two years ago, we decided that we're going to have another child. Yes, this child is the only child I've ever planned for. And this, I have six kids, right? And I'm not ashamed about nothing. Hey, this is a part of the process. And if it wasn't me, who else? I wouldn't wish it for anybody else. I mean, the things I've gone through, the place I've been to, you know, the decision that I have to make and the, the lessons I learned, Man, if I wouldn't wish it for my neighbor, I said, I'm so happy it's me. I'm so happy, right? I'm so happy it was me who heard that conversation. I'm so happy it was me when to know that my husband brings somebody in the house. And then I have, to, I have to be there, I have to live there, I have to deal with that, you know? So two years ago, we um, we decided we we're going to have a, a child. And then it's we know, we know the gender before there was even all gender stuff and doctor stuff. We got our vision that we're going to, it's going to be a boy. Wow. And we held on to that. So this whole gender reveal and stuff wasn't, it didn't really mean that much to us. We just did it because of our kids. But we already knew and we trusted it from the beginning. So in the pregnant, during the pregnancy and so on, we, you know, when it reached at 24, 24 weeks, kind of check up where you do the whole yeah. um, blood tests and the blood works. So we are, we got called back into the office. Um, my husband was at work. The doctor calls me and she said, I want you to come into the office. What time can you come and set it up? And I was like, what does she want? Why she couldn't talk to me over the phone? So I went into the office and there she was. I was in the office, just, you know, the, the, the room me and everything. And then the doctor came in and she put, sit down and to pull up her chair um, in front of me. And she said, I just want to let you know that your blood work came back and your baby is your your baby's uh as down syndrome oh. so when like, did you get to know huh in which month you got to know that your baby is down syndrome in the in this uh maybe i was about maybe two, three close to three months of pregnancy okay okay after you got, that, that, no. huh? okay. you got to know at that time three in three months time yeah yes yes when you do that whole blood you know that whole big blood panel um thing that they do Okay. And then she um she said, so we're like three months. And she said, you know, baby, I've done syndrome. There's a and I was like, okay, are we sure? She's like, yeah. Um everything came back and you know, he's has done syndrome. And I'm so sorry. And you know, she just doing you know, they're doing that sad leaning to it. I'm so sorry about that. I was thinking, what's sorry, what's so sorry about? Well, you know, Down syndrome is not something that is new to me, right? Because back in Jamaica, I used to work as a caregiver uh, in, a, in a in a children's home with children about forty two kids with all different kind of needs. You know, we have cerebral parsley, we have blindness, we have kids who are dumb, we have Down syndrome. And funny enough, in the home, uh, the, the the kid with Down syndrome was my favorite. Oh, that was my Mark was my baby. Okay, wow. <laughs> at the time I was I was. About 18 years old. Okay. So when she said, Masha is going to, you know, you guys are going to have a Down syndrome baby. And she said, I'm so sorry, but um, if you want, we can do the amniocentesis where we go and take the fluid and do a more invasive study and so on. And then also, just so you know, if you want, you guys can terminate. And I said to her, okay, that's not a part of the plan. What's next? <laughs> I was like, no, that's not a part that that's that's not gonna happen. What what next? I mean, what next? 
is I, I chip into this next mode now. Okay, so do I need to start come to, you know, continue prenatal care? Am I going to be seeing a special doctor? That was my what next thought. That's it, <laughs> right? Um, so, you know, she she tell me, you know, you can terminate. Let me know and so on. Talk with the husband. So we call my husband right on the spot there because I was like, okay, I maybe it's best if she, you know, talk to him. But I know he wasn't gonna. We, you know, that was not gonna happen. in The termination of her of her boy. I mean, we already mm -hmm. know it was gonna boy to a vision, right? So you know, I called my husband and he was at work, and he I talked to her. I don't know what she 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 told him, and then later on, I have to um I leave the office. But when I leave the office, you know, I was mad. <laughs> what does that mean when I was mad? I was mad because now I know that I have to do some harder work. Why some harder work? It's because I am a I am a believer in God, right? And I know that I know this one scripture. I think it's John ten ten that says the um that you know the, the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And I have come to give life and give it more abundantly. So immediately I I was able to compartmentalize that. My God doesn't do ugly. I know that. He doesn't come to kill. He comes to give life and give it to the full. So mm -hmm. that means if something is adverse, then I know I have to go ward off this enemy because I have to go deal with people's opinion, you know, discrimination, doctors, and all these things that's going to come at us now. So I was mad when I leave that doctor's office and I was telling that enemy where to go back to the Peter L and come whatever may or son, because I could say a son because I know it was. I said, our son is going to come forth and he's going to be healthy. I don't care if he has one, two, one eye, one, whatever it is, he's coming forth, right? He's going to, I'm going to do my part and I'm going to do everything that he can do to be positive. And I know that with, with Down syndrome, um, it, it differs, right? There's like about three different types, but it differs. Yeah. I wasn't sure where we were going to go, and I didn't care to know any either. But I, what I know is that um, oftentimes these babies uh, will have like art, art problems and they have to do open heart surgeries. So anyway, um, you know, I was like going on the highway, I was driving and I was, I was maybe going about five over the speed limit, okay? And, and I said, <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm conceptualizing now. When a woman knows, she knows, right? When a woman, a woman can make a plan like this fast and, and it can come true because she decided, right? It's, we're that powerful, ladies. We're that powerful, right? So I was going down there and I'm conceptualizing. Everything is happening fast in my head. Okay. I do not want to, I said, I need a community, right? And that's why it's important. It's so critical for me. I need a community and I want only this amount of people, my, my, myself, my husband, my kids, somebody else who believe, who can believe with me that the best is going to happen in spite of what I had. Right. So I, um, you know, so I called my husband and he tells me, you know, what he thought, you know, he said, Marsha, I, I prayed and I asked God, what was this? What did I do wrong? And he said, no, you didn't do, you guys didn't do nothing wrong. He said, all of this happened so that my glory, my glory can be 
um, be, be exposed upon, through Nathan's life, through you, through Nathan's life, um, and into this world. You know what I'm saying? So it's so powerful. So I reach out to my um, my church community, and just, I just needed, you know, the pastor. It wasn't everybody. Okay. Because I didn't want nobody to who is going to, oh, this moment, I think it's going to, this moment. And I didn't want any wavering, right? Because I was standing in faith. <laughs> and I know that's where I do. When you, when you rise, you stand, <laughs> right? And if you're a woman of faith. So how many people are there in your community? I'm sorry? How many people are there in your community? So at the time in my community, it's just my, 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 my husband and myself, my, my kids, um, the pastor, and I, I think maybe his assistant. And by this time, later on, his, his wife. Uh, and that was basically it. And, you know, as we grow in the pregnancy, you know, people, probably a few more people from the church and so on. So it was less than, it was less than 20 people at the time. And that was very, that was important to me because as I said, I wanted to stay um, in faith. So we stay right there in faith and, you know, we go through the pregnancy, we go through all that. And the doctors would, you know, know we can, you know, we went to seven months, uh, six months, we're doing month by month. Um, checks with the with the specialist, you know, the pediatrician for babies, the the, the doctor for Iris mom, and so on. So like three different, like you know, yeah, messy. But I would I would go every month. It wasn't encouraging. Why it wasn't encouraging is not because of my baby. It's because I keep hearing things that weren't in faith. You know, I would hear the doctor said um, the the doctor for the the, pediat the pediatrician. Uh, art surgeon. How old is your said, son now? Who's uh, Down syndrome? How he's, old, two, how old is he? he's two years old now. He's two years old. So yeah. you're taking care of her, him full time? Yes. Okay. So, but then I think one other beautiful thing happened is, uh, you know, the doctor says and there's there's a hole in his heart. And he said, Marsha, we have to do an open heart surgery when he's uh, six months old. You know, we didn't, that didn't go right with us. So we start, we even press more into faith. And, you know, I asked God, I said, you can do anything else you want. You can allow anything else you want to allow, but please don't allow an open heart surgery. I don't want that scar in his chest. I don't want him to go through that. And Nereda, he got healed. <laughs> yes, he got healed. So when he was born, um, I asked for that uh, new heart. And, you know, one day I heard in my spirit, I'll give him a new heart, just like that. When he was born, they, you know, they put him in the in NICU and so on. And um, the, I see the doctor the next day and he said, I said, what's going on? And he said, oh, everything came back well, like new, no need to go do another check. Everything's great. So now today, Nathan is, is two years old. Um, we're taking care of him at home. He's doing great. He exceeds some of the milestones that um, doctors says he was never going to reach for now. Is is not verbal, verbal yet, but is um, he communicates in ways that we we understands. So, great. Voice for the voices. Here we go. So it's all about serving and giving back and empowering. Um, so I, as a woman, you go through stuff and you rise. And that's why I'm passionate about serving women who have gone through domestic violence, women who are immigrants, who immigrate and have to leave their kids, you know, all, all these different compartments, because I am that woman. 
I'm the woman, and because I uh, I vowed the day when I when I leap and I rise, I vow to to serve, to give all of me, to to share, to inspire. Um, I have no filter about anything. I can share anything from from A to Z. Okay, wow. because if that's gonna if that's gonna um, sharing me means it's gonna inspire you, right? Yeah. And today, as a result of um, you know where I've been and Nathan and so on, I've decided to start a nonprofit called um, Voice for the Voiceless. Voice I said Voice for the Voiceless because these kids have no voice. Babies have no voice, right? And if I didn't, if we didn't stand up for for our little Nathan, um, we know it was going to be a boy already. So if I do anything outside of that because we were scared, then I would just. I will just stop his growth and development in this in this world and the impact that he's gonna is gonna make. So voice for the voices, I it's my it's my mission to um to set that up and to help women with the resources that they need. Because I have researched and I found this institute that teaches parents and caregivers, right? Because we are the most needed. How do you help women uh, who are suffering from domestic violence and uh, abusive uh, relationship? How do you help that? So we um through through coach coaching, okay, coaching and inspirational um uh, speaking, and we are we're doing some programs right now where we're gonna help help women to who want need to make a like a, a escape plan because okay. you know, I know from experience that women aren't just receptive to get up and get on out, right? But when yeah. she when she have a, a plan in the work, because when you have a plan in the work, when you're ready, you're deciding that you get the no is and no, I'm gonna flee with whatever I have, there's a plan. And oftentimes women they don't they don't know um that they can be in the situation and that we can make that plan outside while we're yeah. in there. So working on uh, courses and, and coaching um, you're a consultant as well, and you're an advocate as well, is right? Tell me again. So you um, do the uh, about uh, like what kind of a woman comes to you regarding this? Um... Women, women who are ready. Women are ready to um, to get an out. Women, when I say ready to get out, um, she's make up her mind. Or women okay. who have gotten out already. But she still be, she still feels like she's incapable of moving forward, moving towards her dreams. She she's just feels like she um she cannot uh, love again. So okay. I am an, I am that woman, right? So I have Correct. lived through all that experience. So I'm able to inspire her mm -hmm. and show and share with her um that yes you can, right? The process to to get over it is not is not really easy, but it's doable. And most of the time, we don't want to hear about the process. Oh, that can help us faster. And the number one thing for a woman who is ready and get her out, or she has gotten out and think you know she can't go any further. There's nothing else. Or the number one thing is to be able to forgive yourself and to forgive that person. Correct. It's on it's on hard. But the forgiveness have to start first for the before the healing, right? But that's so true. We have, huh? That's that's true. I, that's very true. What forgiveness starts from the healing. First, you love yourself, then uh, you can love others, and yeah. uh, the whole society comes after that. That's yes. what I believe. 
Oh yes, that's it. That's like the foundational piece right there. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, it's it's, so, it's very powerful. What message you want to give to the whole woman of the world today? You are powerful. You have every single solitary thing. I can't even know. I can't even find the words to describe it. But you have every single thing you need inside of you. It's not out there. So it doesn't matter what you're going through right now. Yes, it matters, right? It matters. But you are capable to make that 360 degree turnaround and decide for yourself what do you want to do with that power that's inside of you. I mean, we hear power all the time. We hear, we hear that women are powerful. But I like to break it down very simple because I'm also, I have also early childhood education background, right? I love teaching little kids. That's a part of me. I'm, I'm, that's it. I like to Amazing. break it down simple. And I was, I will say to you ladies around the world today or listening, you know, see yourself as a seed. So when I say women are powerful, we're basically saying you're like a, you're like a seed, right? You're yeah. a power pot. You have every single thing built in. You have the attitude built in, you have the drive, you have the desires, you know these things that you want to, the impact that you want to make. Yes, we have been messed up by what people said about us, what, you know, in our past, the, the, the environment, we have been contaminated by our environment. But at the same time, ladies, I just want to lean into you and let you know that you have it inside of you. You're like an orange seed, an apple seed. The only thing you need is that soil, that great environment. And guess what? If you don't have that environment now, don't worry. You're still as it inside of you. So you can start right where you're at. You can start to make a decision that no more is going to beat upon me. No more I'm going to sit down and let my kids see this, right? You don't have to cry in a corner. You don't have to cry in a corner. And the stuff that happened to you, actually, you're writing a story. So why is Marsha sitting here and, and all, of, all the stuff I tell you, I've not shed a tear yet? Because I realized that those things that happened to me, first of all, I wouldn't want to wish them on my neighbors, nor my friends, not my greatest enemy. I wouldn't do that. I don't want to do that. But the powerful thing is that all the stuff that happening to you is become, it's now going to become your story. It's going to become the lessons learned, right? I cool. learned the biggest lesson that I would never go back in a relationship with no man unless I know what I want, right? And then how do I know what I want? I go back to what's, what, what, what's, what's, What's valuable about Marsha? What does Marsha value, right? And so I didn't wait for him to to um to tell me who I am. I know who I am, ladies. You got it. If you if you don't remember anything else, remember this: you're like a seed. And the only reason right now why we probably not popping and growing is because the environment is not great. So you get That's to you get to decide. That environment, right? You got this, ladies. Nobody. Don't let nobody tell you your worth. Nobody can tell me my worth. Very true. Very true. <laughs> because there's no, there's just only one Marsha, this one unique seed, right? And the, day, and the day I, I decided and I fell and I jumped and I rise up, 
I decide that I'm going to plant myself in a different environment. And that's why today I can sit here and not tell you no bull, but I can tell you that you are capable. You can do this. Why, Marsha? Why? Of all the person, I'm over here in England. I'm over here in Jamaica. How can I do this? I'm in the U.S. I'm around the world right now. What, what do you think? Because you're a seed and you have inborn potentials that nobody else has, right? That's true. Whether you're an immigrant, whether you're what, what, whatever you is, you got it. Now, okay. I know one of the things I, I noticed as we on the journey is that I didn't have to leave my country to go anywhere else. But I didn't know that. I was looking for it outside, right? But I've come back to realize that it's in me, it's it's all inside. And that's why we um, you know, we, we teach about you know your identity your foundation and that's those are the things that help you to um to stand up when you rise up right when that's when true. things are going a one when when right like right now we're in a pandemic we're locked down but what does that mean we can still stand because of our strong foundation because of our oh it's so deep because of our why because of our vision our desire our mission in life Right. It doesn't matter where you swing in the in the wind and where you're at right now, what's going on. Your seed is power pack, it's all built in. And what you're going through right now, you're gonna you're gonna eventually, you know, find the right environment when you decide the right environment is, and then you're gonna bring forth your fruit, you're gonna burst forth, right? And then your fruit now is gonna be for them. It's gonna be for that person, and then that's where I, I believe right now. That's amazing. That's very intensive and very powerful um, uh, session with you, Mart Masha. And um, so, so, so happy to listen to your, um, that you have shared your story with me and to the whole world. And um, you have given so much of it, so many insights to all the women who can uh, take benefits from you and can directly contact you too as well. And uh, in the end, I would like to say that uh, a quote for you, and for the whole world, having a child with Down syndrome is like taking the scenic route. You still get where you are going. It may take a little longer, but it will worth the trip. So yes. thank you, everyone. Thank you, Marsha, for uh, coming on the show. And it was amazing. And uh, to book one-to-one -one clarity session with me, Masha, you can uh, log into my website and you can connect with Masha directly on her Facebook. And um, I'll be there very soon. Thank you so much, everyone. Lots of love. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. You too. Just a second.